plastic and only improving. What are you doing? Road to victory, this what we doing. What are you uh, doing? Road to victory, this what we doing. What are you doing? Fantastic and only improving. What are you doing? Fantastic and only improving. What are you doing? Road to victory, this what we doing. What are you doing? Road to victory, this what we doing. What are you doing? She said you a silly boy, now I'm a city boy. Rephrase in the grave, New York City boys.
Hey, good morning. Good morning to you. <laughs> I, I finally got you. I know. It's finally happening. <laughs> All right. Let me introduce you to the world. Fabulous. Or fantastic, I should say. Mm, that's my love language. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. We have now the world-renowned, one of the greatest nutritions in the world. <laughs> we have uh, Julie K, Julie an incredible human being. I've known her a couple months now. She's been helping me stay on the right track, stay uh, not just... Um, like not just uh telling me what to eat and stuff, but have me mentally prepared in life, like in my corner, like a cut man in boxing, you know. <laughs> so, so I just want to give you your flowers and tell you thank you. And you know, I, I look forward to continue to having these conversations with you, and I'm glad that you are here. So we can have this conversation. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure working with you. <laughs> how are you, Julie? I am doing great. And how about you? How's everything for you? Oh, fantastic and only improving. Excellent. So getting right into it. Um I I know we said that we'll we'll treat this like a regular session and stuff like that. So, I don't. I don't want you to hold back anything. All right. <laughs> okay. Let it all fly, right? Yeah, of course, of course. Okay. So you want to start, or you want me to start? Uh, you can start. Okay. So terrible. No good. <laughs> oh no. Um. Yeah. How have you been? We haven't spoken in a while because the holidays came and um. It was a, a long, a long break there. So checking in on you and seeing how you've been doing. I mean, it's been a balance, uh, you know, ups, ups and down. You know, one day I'm doing the right thing, the next day I'm not. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, for the most part, for the most part, I feel like I, I, I know what I have to do. You know, I, I know what I have to do. And, um, you know, I love that together we created goals and I can step towards them, you know, if I follow, like, the straight line. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, sometimes, sometimes I just get off that line for some reason. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, it's just about, you know, like we talked about, kind of baby steps and, you know, having done something for so many years, one way, maybe off the line, it's, it's hard to, uh, you know, walk, walk the line perfectly. Um, cause none of us do really, but you know, it's not about being on all on the line all the time. 
They're, they're, for the most part, just chicken and vegetables. <laughs> not much variation? Um, Not really. Not really. I haven't been, like, super excited to be in the kitchen as of lately, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just started cooking, so, or learning how to cook. Right. So, so I guess, uh, like you said, me not being able to switch it up, it gets yeah. a little uh, repetitive and, yeah. and redundant. Right. I think it makes it harder to to stay on course because it's so boring to eat the same thing every day. Chicken and vegetables again. Yeah, exactly. And if it's the same kind of chicken and the same kind of vegetables, it's even more difficult to stay the course you know we we, we really have to get you to vary i i, I try to make ch- chicken and broccoli but it was just so terrible why oh i don't know i followed the um i actually got the recipe from my sister like oh. I, I i would not hang up the phone with her it's, it's until the food was done oh that's I, great you stayed on the phone with her while you made it what a great idea yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but uh, for some reason, it didn't, it didn't come out with any flavor. It just came out tasting like plain, plain as day. Oh no! You didn't? Did you use any seasoning, or is it because it didn't have any salt in it? Oh yeah, that's probably what it was. It didn't have any salt in it. Plus, um, I don't know. I'm weird. I like to uh season my chicken while it's in the uh while it's in the uh pan instead of like uh seasoning after you thaw it and stuff like that when it's in a bowl. That's okay. I don't think there's any rule with that. Then uh, she had me uh season it and then she had me like uh take my hand on the chicken and like uh kind of massage it in yeah yeah that that part of cooking got me wanting to be a vegetarian (laughs) (laughs) i mean i've been thinking about the whole chicken's life yeah yeah i know when you think much about it it it's kind of definitely easy to get skeeved out yeah like i see the a whole obituary for chicken (laughs) (laughs) but listen i told you this if you are going to cook, you have to make the ta- the food taste good. You can't go salt free. I know, I know, and I'm just learning that um like you need to use a little bit of soy sauce or if you're trying to make chicken and broccoli like Chinese style, you have to use something along the lines of what they're using but just far less. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I- if you're going to buy food outside, it has so much more salt than you would ever put on your own food. So, you know, if you have a few days of eating out, whether it's like fast food or Chinese or whatever, it's going to be so much saltier than the little bit of soy sauce that you use to make your food taste decent so that you want to eat it and not want to buy that stuff outside. I agree with you. I just, I just been so afraid of salt over, overall. I know, but you're eating it when you eat off the line. Yeah, that's true. Right? So we have to be realistic about it. And then you're not going to eat the food and like it. You're going to be discouraged from cooking if you make food that doesn't taste good. I, I know, man. Right? Or it tastes okay, but it's not great and you don't really want to eat it five days in a row. Mm. Uh, why do you think uh, food is a love language? Well... I mean, I do think food is a love language, actually, to use your term. I mean, food is a beautiful thing, and it nourishes us, and it can make us feel really good. It can also make us feel really bad, just like love. But, you know, if we're looking at love language as a positive thing, really, it can it does feed our soul as well as our body if it's made with love and you... You know, you can enjoy it with other people. It's something that we do as a culture, right, to kind of, to, to, you know, kind of bond with other people too, right? Food is at every occasion. 
every occasion we talk about birthdays, job yeah. promotions, uh you get an A in in, in your history class. Exactly. Stuff right. like, like the first thing is like, yo, let's celebrate, let's get some food. Right. It's more than sustenance, you know? And I think it's more fun for it to be more than sustenance, not just like because we need to eat to live, but we certainly also shouldn't live to eat, right? And what we eat has to be hopefully more nourishing and helpful and make us feel good rather than just feed our emotions and, and you know, be a way to avoid things. And, you know, because food's used in so many different ways in, in unhealthy ways. Um, but that's what we're trying to move away from. It's terrible. It's terrible. I think I told you, um, I think the first time I ever had a salad was when I was 30 years old. No, you didn't tell me that actually. And, and how was that experience? Um, it it was cool because you know, I guess before thirty, I used to play basketball every day, every day playing basketball, mm. and um, I guess I figured out I wasn't going to NBA, going to the NBA. <laughs> then I had a I had broken a couple bones, and I guess tired of being like really really sore, I stopped playing, mm. and that's when the uh. That's when the weight gain started started to happen, when I stopped oh. being physical. But before then, it was like going to play basketball from, like, you know, from sun up to sun down. Wow. Yeah, and, um, um, you know, at that time, I was still eating what I wanted to eat, not knowing, you know, I, I would get tired of the basketball because of, of the food. I was eating. Mm. So it wasn't like nourishing food that was helping you be a better player. Yeah. Oh, man. I never even thought about it. Shame on me. Right. <laughs> Would you ever play again? Oh, yeah. I love I love it. I mean, I can't move like I used to. But yeah. I, I think there's still hope to get back. Yeah. That's so. what it's all about, right? I mean... So you could get away with eating food that wasn't as good because you were so active, but it yeah, didn't I was so active. I was slim. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that wasn't that long ago. That it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, and I think that's what happened. You know, stop being active and and the weight build up, and then um, yeah. and when I noticed myself gaining weight, you know, I was like, okay. You know, you know, it started to make sense. I'm going to work, and I see all the skinny people eating salads, bro. And mm -hmm. I see what all the big people are eating. Mm -hmm. You know, I see the big people got burgers and fries and uh, heroes and stuff like that. But all the skinny people <laughs> were eating salads. Not uh -huh. to say all skinny people eat salads. Bro. Right, right. But it, it just started... Like success leave clues, it started to make sense. Yeah, it started to make sense. So you went out and got your first salad. Yeah, I went out and got my first salad, and I continued to do it. And I was amazed by how fast, like the weight was dropping off, because I still was um, I wasn't active, active, but I still was kind of active, and I. I was I was a little bit active and I was um eating healthy. Mm. Eating healthy. Must have felt so good, like a big contrast to before. Oh man, my confidence was out the roof. Wow. Out the roof. And so where are you now compared to where you were then? Oh man, I'm a I'm a double cheeseburgers away from 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 depression. <laughs> No, no. So, but I feel like you've made some progress over the last few months, and that the fact that you even started to cook, taking care of yourself, still going to the gym, right? Things have changed for you over the past few months. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. There's times when I feel like, you know, I got my mojo back. It's times I feel like I'm, I'm the man again, and and I love that feeling. Mm -hmm. I love that feeling, but um, there's also times where, 
you make these errors in judgment and it's like setting you all the way back. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. The, the, the life is already hard. The world is already hard. Yeah. And, and, and um, when you go backwards, it, it just like, it's just like the start of like self-destruction, self-destruction. Right. And, and you know what I realized, you know, I can't say no to anything. You know, that's one of the things I really have to work on. Like, you don't have to say yes to everything that's offered. Right. Are you talking about food? Yeah, yeah. 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 Food and, uh, like, like for instance, if my boys come over or, 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 or if my boys come over or I'm around family or just people we care about, you know, the first thing is uh let's let's get a drink. Let's yeah. get a, let's get a drink. Like I've never it's a lot of stuff I've never did like sober. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, Cause every time it's alright. Every time it's like it's just like food, you know, when you go to when you go when you graduate, when you, you know, each, I guess, each level of life, you know, it's the same thing when I meet up with friends and family, you know, the first thing we want to do is, you know, have a drink and uh, enjoy ourselves. And this has been going on from, from my knowledge, I wouldn't even say many years, I'd say generations. Mm-hmm. Right. For generations and generations and generations. Right. Yeah, it's part of our, our culture, just like food is, you know. Um, you walk into someone's house and they say, what do you want to drink? Right, right, right. Okay. And But what does it mean for you? Like, and if you have a drink, does that mean four, five, six drinks? Or does that mean you can stop it too? No, I can't stop it too. Mm-hmm. I, I can't stop it too. Um, I can, cause there's nothing I can't do. But I, I guess I choose, I choose, uh, to see this thing all the way through. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. see this thing uh, all, all the way through. Mm-hmm, right. So but, once you're in, you're in. Yeah, but I, I, it, it got to the point where I just want to, uh. I just want to make a a goal for at least one time, have a good time without alcohol. Right. Have you ever done it, do you think? No, nah, nah, not even in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, I hear you. Well, I think that's a really good goal, and trying to figure out how to accomplish it is, you know, who who would those people be that you could be with that would let you be and let you do that? You know what I mean? Because there's certain people that are more influential than others for whatever reason. Right. Right? right. So if it's family or if it's those two friends that you really know that will be like, okay, let's hang out and none of us will drink or, you know, so you could have support or they would let you do it on your own and you'd have to sit there and watch them drink. Yeah. 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 Because I, I guess... I guess for a long time with me, it's, it's been like I let a lot of things control me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not in control. I'm not in control of a lot of things like the food I eat and, and what I drink. You know, I guess I gain I gained some control over over like the only thing I really have control is over is how I make people feel, you mm-hmm. know, and that's a start. It is. I, I kind of make people feel good. Yeah, for sure you do. In some cases, inspire people. Yeah, for sure. And, and the people that are around me love to be around me. Right. For good reason, you know. Absolutely. But what about making yourself feel good? Oh, uh, here like, you go. You're hitting trigger points. Right. <laughs> But uh, making myself, I I definitely want to do that. You know, I say all the time it's like a twelve round 
fight with Mike Tyson in his prime, you yeah, know, right. to, to, yeah. to, to win that happiness within. Yeah, yeah, right. I told you I, I broke up with my girlfriend. Yes, you did. How have you been? Uh, I've been stressed. I've been, I've been waking up. I've been waking up in the middle of the night saying I love you. Aww. And nobody's there. Oh, no. First thing I do, I reach in my, first thing I do when I wake up, I I, I look at my phone like mm-hmm. I'm searching for something. Yeah. Just trying to make a connection. Oh. But no, um, <laughs> no, uh, it, it's just been, you know, like you said, making myself happy. You got me there for a minute. Thought you were crying. Oh, oh no! Nah. I only cry in the dark <laughs> with, with cupcakes. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. I think that this is what you're going through right now. Realizing that you know you need to come first, that you need to take care of you, and that means like your body, your mind, you know, which yeah. is which is what you're working towards, you know, and. Um, I don't think that uh, it's not an all or nothing thing, right? It's not like if you're all in and you're taking super good care of yourself for three days and then you fall off for a day or two, like that doesn't mean failure. You know, those are normal hiccups, mm-hmm. right? Like, because, you know, you've been doing what, you, what you're what you doing, whether like it, the way you eat for a, a, a long while, right? And it doesn't change overnight. So I think it's just about being kind to yourself and and really getting to a point where you're like, okay, you know, I, I did good for a few days and I didn't do great for a few days, but now I'm going to get back to doing good. And maybe slowly the scale will tip towards the taking better care of yourself versus the other way around. You know, it will be kind of a, a new habit that you create that you don't have to think about as much. Right, right. Uh, um question yeah oh so so i broke up with her because that i felt that she really 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 loved me and i was incapable uh giving her that love back so i wanted her to find someone that loved that loved her as much as she loved them, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I had to set the little birdie free. Mm-hmm. And my question to you, as a nutritionist, did the food I eat make me do that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it, honestly, it's if it's you know, we laugh at the question, but the truth is, you know it's all part of the big picture, right? Like the way you feel about yourself, your ability to take care of yourself and love yourself. And that all plays into what you decide to put into your body, right? Your food, your drink, and then the people that you allow in and like, are you allowing yourself to actually love yourself so that you can love someone else, right? And loving yourself is, you know, eating is part of that. So it's not so far fetched, right? Because it's all part of the big picture. Mm. It really is, right? Do you feel like maybe if you were in a different place mentally, physically, that you would be able to allow her love in and your love back? Yes, absolutely. So, like, and you've mentioned to me before that you feel like you want to work on yourself a little bit more before you feel like you can get into a real strong relationship. I agree 100%. I mean, I don't think that that they're mutually exclusive. I think you can be in a healthy relationship um, or a good relationship and still improve on yourself in the process. You know, it's not one or the other. But but if you're feeling that way, you're feeling a pull toward needing to take care of you before you allow others in, that's fair. You know, you got to listen to that voice. This is why adulting is ghetto. Adulting? Yeah, being an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that verb. 
<laughs> Adulting is not easy all the time, is it? Uh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not for any of us, honestly. But, you know. I, I guess, like I said, I think if, if you don't take control, something would control you. You become a slave to whatever has you mastered. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You got to see the big picture and you have to jump in there and manipulate the, you know, the parts of it to make mm-hmm. it work for you, you know? So to add on, to add on um, the question I asked you, I wanted to know if it was possible for you, boo, if it was possible to you to tell the viewers how this uh, food changed your mood. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent can talk about that, and I think you can too, right? Because we have talked about it. When you feel like you eat well, you feel so much better. I mean, physically, and so if you feel better physically, you feel better emotionally. Um, and you know, food that, as I call it, like plastic food, food that's super processed, those type of foods that are not nourishing to you, sugary foods, sodas, you know cakes, cookies, all this type of food, it doesn't nourish the body, right? It doesn't give you any nutrition. And when you're not getting nutrition, but you're getting calories and fat, it makes you feel both physically and mentally sluggish, right? And that that can cause mood, mood swings, right? And so you eat something and then maybe you have like a soda or some sugary thing like a donut. And then you feel like, wow, that was great. And then 10 minutes later, you crash. And then you're like, wow, I need a coffee. And now I need another something sweet. And it puts you in this cycle of needing more of that, that thing to get you back up because your body is just going up and down. right? And that up and down is both physical and mental and emotional. You know, So you, are, you don't feel good physically and then therefore you don't feel good emotionally. So it definitely causes... Uh, you know, you can definitely change your mood. And um, good good food can do just the opposite. And you have told me the same, right? You had a good meal, you had a salad, you had some whatever, your chicken and veggies, and you feel so much better. And it puts you in a better mood when you feel that way. And exercise also increases the endorphins. So, you know, we know that food can affect you negatively and positively. And there's still room for food that's not so good for us, but it's really about finding that balance, the 80-20 kind of balance thing where, mm. right, most of the time we're doing the best we can. And some of the time it's okay not to, because you can still balance your mood that way. And I think that's what's really important to realize. It's not all or nothing. Uh, imagine that. That's where divorce comes from, when, when people switch their diets, get off of their diets. When, what's that? I said, imagine that. That's where uh, divorces come from. Oh, when people switch their diets, they get into a better place, and then they're like, you're out of here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I had a friend tell me me, um, that he had some Chinese food. Every time he would eat something, like, dirty, he would wind up getting into an argument with his girl. Interesting. (laughs) So, um... Do you think that we are eating ourselves to death because the lack of information? Wow, that's a good question. I mean, I think it's complicated. It's not just lack of information because it's also supply and demand, like, and what's actually in front of our faces all the time, right? So if you go out and walk around the city and find, you know, you have a certain amount of money to spend on food that day and you didn't cook, you know, you don't necessarily want to go to Whole Foods and spend $20 on lunch when you can go and get a double cheeseburger and fries for five bucks, you know? Um, So I think it's both availability, cost, right? And, you know, it's 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 complicated, right? It's not just one thing, but I think having the availability is really a big issue. When when you talk about availability, like um, growing up, growing up, as soon as I stepped foot out my house, there was like 
eat liquor stores, exactly. uh, Chinese foods, like more than I could count. There was right. Wendy's, yeah, Wendy's, White Castles, Burger King, Little Caesar, Popeyes, mm-hmm. um, um, Kennedy's Fried Chicken, K- Kennedy's Fried Chicken, and KFC, oh, Dunkin' yeah. Dunkin' Donuts. And we talking about like in a one mile radius. Yeah, right. And probably even less than that. Yeah, access, right? And that's what's available and that's what's affordable. So available and affordable, absolutely. Right. right. It's like the two A's. It's really hard to break free of that um, unless you come from a family or you break free yourself by learning to cook. And that is a hard thing you know, to do if you don't come from a family that taught you or that cooked themselves so that you had healthy food on the table, at least right. some of the time. Right, right. And, and that's crazy you say that because I remember growing up, we used to all have these values where we had dinner at the table, you know, and it was always home cooked. We had like our, our juice in front of us. We couldn't touch our juice. Until we finished our whole plate, yeah. and and only only one or two days a week we did takeout. We either did like Chinese or, you know, it was one or two days. But the re- other five days it was like home cooked meals. That's amazing. And so, what what were the home cooked meals? Healthy, and you know, did I doubt did not have a salad then until thirty? Like that wasn't part of the the regimen, huh? Nah, nah, you know, the kid, being a kid, and yeah. um, especially with the school lunch. The school lunch was a set of, we were, we were, how old are you in middle school? Um, You like started age 11 or so. Yeah, I, you graduate middle school at 12 when you go to high school. Yeah, or 13. I guess. But in middle school, we used to call the, the the hamburgers, murder burgers. <laughs> yeah, I can we, understand that. We used to call it, and we were 12, 11, 10. That's funny and not yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> murder burgers and suicide fries. <laughs> oh my God. I know, and I understand why, because I hear it all the time from all all the kids that I that I counsel. So it was like we were saying it, but we didn't know. You know, we didn't know how it would affect us long term. Right. But, but and how I, did it affect you long term? Did you eat it? Did you not eat it? And like, what were you eating at home it, that was different? Um, home at least home it was. It was like, you know, uh, our own amount of salt. You know what I'm saying? And it was uh it was Were always vegetables? vegetables. It was it, it was huh? You grew up with vegetables? Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Grew up with vegetables and no matter what we ate. <laughs> Even if it was chicken and french fries, you still have some vegetables. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, oh uh, yeah, but that was you know what it was? That was until we were old enough to make a decision ourselves on what we were going to eat. Oh. And then what happened? And then, um, you know, nobody cooked, really. My mm-hmm. sister my sister always cooked. But, but th- by then, we all started to get jobs and started to grow up. Grow up mm. you know, finish school. Uh, um, as soon as I hit eighteen, my mom, my mom was like, "My job is done. Get out my house." Did you move out at that point? No, nah, it took me like ten, twelve years after I graduated high school to move out. Yeah, I, I, mean, I understand that. Before, before, um, before I graduated high school, I was a baby boy. After I graduated, I was just some dude on the couch. <laughs> so- <laughs> Did she still cook for you or no? That was like you were no. on your own. Yeah, it was definitely you on your own. And so what happened? You went out and started eating out? Yeah, yeah, I remember every day. And then I, I grew up with uh 
with I got four sisters and one brother. Mm. So I grew up, you know, with with three of my sisters and uh, my my brother. And I remember every time I used to go get something to eat, I would have to come home and share mm. my food with, with the family. Oh, can I get one? Can I get one? Oh, let me get some. Mm. So I used to, I used to, this is uh, before the pandemic. So I used to, when I was living with my mom, I used to, like, if I was ordering, like, Chinese, I would eat it on the while I was walking home. So by the time <laughs> I got home. So you didn't have to share it. Yeah. I was greedy. I was terrible. Big family issues. I hear those things all the time, you know? Yeah. yeah. We, yo, yo, it's funny. We used to order food. And then we started to, I think food separated my family. Yeah. Because we started, when my mom stopped cooking, because we were grown. <laughs> because we were grown. Um, we, we would order from, like, the same restaurants. But instead of asking each other, you know, uh, hey, I'm about to order this. Um, you want anything? We would order. And then order again, so the delivery man had it came twice. Why? I don't know. We just <laughs> like we had our own rooms when we stayed in different rooms at my mom's house. It was like living in different worlds. Mm. It was like our own worlds. Hmm. Yeah. So, so you basically like stopped eating healthy once once you were eighteen. Basically. Mm-hmm. Basically, yeah, but I was still playing basketball. Right, that's a difference, or one of the main differences, right? So, did you have an appreciation for home cooked food at that point, or you didn't you didn't miss it because you started liking the fast food better? Yeah, I started liking the fast food better. No, mm-hmm. not to my mom's. My mom's was no Betty Crocker. She just made she just made sure we our belly was full. Okay, so it wasn't so good. <laughs> You grew up with home cooked food, but not food that was so yummy. Uh, I I I don't want to agree or disagree with you. Okay, taking the fifth on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does your food compare? Oh man, I'm ten times worse than oh. her. But do you follow recipes? Because that's where I want to take you next. Recipes? Want... Yes. I mean, I think we've talked about it a little bit, and I've sent you some recipes, but I don't know if you've used them. No, think... never. Yeah, but that's the thing. I'm like, I want to I wanted to get you in that direction. Because if you're a new cook, it's really good to follow someone else's direction for a little while. It's like getting a new job. You're not just going to go into your job and be like, I know where the control room is, and I'm going to press all these switches, you know? Um right? You got to get trained. And so, because it makes you a better cook and it makes you a better employee. So I think that that's really, I think that would be so beneficial. I'm not talking about like getting Martha Stewart's cookbook, you know, Um, I'm saying just like simple recipes that you actually follow so that the food tastes good at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It would make all the difference, honestly. It's just a little more disciplined so it's maybe not as fun and easy and fast but once you get a few dishes down you'll be like okay now i can make chicken and broccoli because i know how to do it right right um i think the toughest part about it is like i guess not knowing what i want to eat and how i want it not knowing how i want to eat you know What's how? What do you mean? How you want to eat? You know, am I? Do I want to give up? Like, do I want to give up like meat and stuff like that, or? Uh huh. Or do do I want to? You know, continue to live this chicken life? No, you can't continue to live the chicken life because you're just you're gonna be anti chicken really soon. And that I'm borderline. Yeah, right. I think, it's, and I think that's normal. Like, I would be anti-chicken if I ate chicken and vegetables every day for you know a few months. 
you got to mix it up, right? Like, and I know you do, you make the chicken in different ways and stuff like that, but yeah. you, know, you can maybe do some more fish, you know, maybe explore some vegetarian. I, I love fish. I know you do. And you can explore some vegetarian stuff, you know, beans and things like that. I don't remember if you like beans. What? Um, I, I, I could live with beans. Or without them, not like a big fan. Yeah, beans are cool. Okay, beans are cool. They're healthy, right? So, so healthy. And and so so inexpensive, which makes them such a good choice because, you know, something that's super healthy and not expensive, it's so good. And they're very nourishing, filling, high in fiber, and so versatile, right? Like you can make soups with them. You can mash them. You can make dips out of them. Um, you know, you can make them with rice or couscous or quinoa and have a full meal without having any meat. I, I just got finished reading this book. It's called um, Feeding the Soul Because okay. It's My Business by Tabitha Brown, right? Uh-huh. And at the um, and at the end of every chapter, she gives, like, some type of ve- vegan recipe. Oh, interesting. And then I started to follow her on Instagram and she had super, like last night she was talking about your snacks doesn't have to be you know junk right and, and what she did was she had like uh she had uh cilantro chopped up carrots um avocados um and a whole bunch of stuff right and she mm-hmm. rolled into it, and she rolled it into like a, a wrap. Mm-hmm. And it, it looked so good, you know what I'm saying? And it was a little snack. Right, right. You can eat real food for a snack. Yeah. So, uh, I want. I, I think my next thing is I want to try out her, her little re- vegan recipes and stuff like that. I love it. I think just even picking one and making it like, don't make the goal too big, you know, that way you achieve it and you get it done and you say, okay, that was good. I don't love this part of it, but I love this part and I'm going to change the recipe to leave that other part out, you know, and that's how you learn what you like and don't like. Right. Right. I think that's a great next step for you is to try to diversify a little bit what you're making so that you can enjoy your food life a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should give TED Talk. <laughs> I just did. This is my first TED Talk, but it's a, just audio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So could our biology... I wrote, I wrote down a bunch of questions that are way too smart for me, but... <laughs> it might be too smart for me, too. Let's see. <laughs> All right. I, I wrote down... Um, could our biology could be set up against us like something don't something that doesn't taste good or mm. the beyond and impossible meats trying to uh replace regular meats mm. well i don't know about the impossible meats part of the question but the first part like are you saying that certain things don't taste right to certain people and therefore they can, can't be healthy as a result? Or are you talking about genetics? Uh, or both? Both. So, I mean, I think that our genetics can work against us in terms of being healthy or at a, a good weight. You know, we do know that um, overweight obesity does run in families. It, it doesn't mean that it's a given, but you have a greater propensity to be overweight or heavy if your if your you know ancestors were your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, um, and you know that goes for um, illnesses as well, like diabetes and um, cholesterol and things like that. It does run in families, heart problems, but it's not a it's not a given, right? So, I think that that you know there's no point in focusing on that part because obviously we can't change our genetics, but what we can change is our habits, right? So that's what we're working on, changing the things that we have control over and not, you know, obviously not focusing on the things that we don't. 
I think that's so true. Um, while you were speaking, I, I'm just like, wow. Because what part? I, um, it was just just changing our um genetics and stuff like that. The yeah. food, yeah, how important it is because there's some food out there that can cause erectile dysfunction, right? Um, I mean, I don't know that certain foods can cause erectile dysfunction, but said, I don't have a penis, sir. <laughs> yeah, that that is definitely true. <laughs> but but the thing about erectile dysfunction and and, and those types of issues, it, it's very rampant, and um, it's a, a terrible um, side effect of of uncontrolled diabetes. Um, mm -hmm. So when your blood sugar is so high, a lot of men suffer from erectile dysfunction when they have uncontrolled diabetes. So can food directly cause it? Sort of, right? If you end up having certain diseases or illnesses that that can be a terrible side effect of. So mm -hmm. it's a very common problem and diet really affects everything, right? Right. Um, right. So, yeah, it's really, it's... Uh, something to be taken more seriously than it is you know but we're faced every day with making choices and it's really difficult to break those habits when you're used to making bad choices so it's, right, it's about a mind shift and making making a decision that you want to be healthier you know what to be healthier you know what we got to do right what's that watch the movie called do the right thing oh that was a good movie there's a lot of good movies about being more healthy, but that I, I, I did love that movie. Do the right thing. Um, so I got some fun facts for you that you most certainly probably know. Tell me. That I wrote down. It's that uh, spirulina reduces brain inflammation. Uh-huh. Um, I would say that that's accurate. Any of those super greens help with keeping inflammation down for sure uh so as we in the pandemic you know i, I think a lot of things uh, like i worked for like a news organization and stuff like that and a lot of it is just on how like especially now how the numbers are going up and yeah ass up why why don't um they spread the importance of uh having a good immune system you think yeah i mean it's it's interesting and i did a, a bunch of that in the beginning of the pandemic with you know trying to promote people making sure that they're eating better to keep their immune system up and even with the staff and everything at the health center but um this is a very wily virus and it's gotten more contagious over the course of two years, right? This last, you know, the Omicron variant is even more, more contagious. And I think even those of us who have a really strong immune system are still not, uh, not able to prevent it. And they don't really know, like, why do some people get it and other people don't? Like, for instance, you know, a husband and wife live together, the husband gets it and the wife doesn't, and they live together. And it's so contagious. How is she able to stave it off? They don't really understand that. Is it just immune system or is it some other kind of thing, right? Because it's also new to us, right? This virus is crazy. It's the, it's the most contagious virus that has ever existed. Right. right? It's kind of mind-blowing. But... Certainly helps to keep your immune system up with eating well and eating, you know, having things that keep inflammation down, like spirulina, like all the leafy green vegetables, um, you know, making sure you have all sorts of different colors in your diet because all the different colors of fruits and vegetables represent different, different plant chemicals in a good way, you know, um, vitamins, minerals, they help with keeping your immune system up, help protect your cells. So the more colorful your diet is, the more like, you know, the less like you are to get sick overall. Doesn't mean you won't get sick, but it helps put it that way. Spoken from a true professional. This is right. <laughs> Julie, I know you got to run. I, I could talk to you all day. 
Likewise. I have questions that need to be answered, and it'll take all day, but I I know you got to run on. So I just wanted to thank you for coming on, giving us your insight, um, giving us this information, and more so, more importantly, being a friend to do this. Absolutely. It's really my pleasure. I'd be happy to do it again. And um, I want to leave with just making you commit to what you're going to be doing in the next week or two with your with your goals before we end. Okay. Uh, making me commit to my goals. All yeah. right. And make it small, simple, and achievable. That's what a good goal is. Small, simple, and achievable. All right. Let's go. Let's let me get and let me get into my goal bag. Exactly. Like, yeah, pick it out of the bag. And I think, like you mentioned, maybe wanting to make one of those vegan recipes, that could be the goal, you know, as an example. Yeah, I, I do my food shopping sometime this weekend. Then that's really the goal, because that, that's the biggest barrier to cook, to eating well, is making sure that you have regular food shopping going on. Yeah, I'm I'm all new to this. <laughs> I know, but you did learn that because there's a couple of weeks you couldn't go food shopping and that didn't work out so well. No, uh, disaster. Yeah. So um yeah, like uh the, the, the vegan thing, yeah, yeah, I I wanna make a a vegan meal and only uh do takeout one time a week, just like when I was growing up. And do you think that's achievable in a small goal that you can actually accomplish? Yes, yes, especially because the week I had <laughs> wasn't so good. <laughs> so just because the week you had wasn't so good, do you still think that that means you can pull it off? And I'm yeah. not trying to be discouraging. I'm trying to make you pick something. No, no, do. I'm at the point of disgust. And for a lot of us, when we get disgusted, you know, it's 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 the game changer. I'm okay. disgusted, Julie. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Right, that food doesn't make you feel good. At all. At all. Yeah. How you, how you going to do good when you don't feel good? No, absolutely. You're absolutely right. You're able to do a lot good, but not everything, right? How so, can I see How can I see the God in you if I don't see the God in me? Mm-hmm. Well, so, you know... If you if you can achieve, let's say you're eating out four times a week now. If you can achieve half that, then that that could be a good thing to think about, rather than going from like you know seven to one. So that's what I'm trying to encourage you to do: pick something that you can do, that you can make happen, that you know that you can succeed in, right? So you can say, okay, that that's something I can actually continue to do. It won't be hard. All right, I got I got one more question for you, and. You probably know what this question is. I'm scared. What is it? It is uh it, it is cleaning your chicken a culture thing? <laughs> <laughs> cleaning a chicken is definitely a, a culture thing. 100%. And so it's, it, it's across many cultures, many countries, many, you know, all over the world. So it's not a, an isolated thing just here. But yeah, not everybody does it or should do it. I, you know, what we learn in school and what makes a lot of sense to me is you take a chicken with lots of bacteria, you put it in your sink and you clean it, right? Which means like you run it underwater and maybe people put vinegar on it or lemon or whatever they do to try to um, decrease the bacteria on the chicken. Now, all the bacteria is all over your sink potentially on your sink handle. It's on your faucet. It might've gotten on your counter because it's splashed. Now, so now bacteria is, it is very much present in places that it wasn't before, right? Rather than taking the chicken out of the packaging, throwing away the parts that you don't need, the plastic, whatever came in, and then seasoning it and doing whatever you do and putting in the oven the only place that that bacteria is existing right now hopefully if you were careful is on your hands you wash them and you know there's minimal spread now all the bacteria that's on the chicken that's now in the 400 degree oven is being killed there's not a scent of bacteria on there um i mean there might be a little bit left over and it depends if the chicken was not a good chicken too but you know what i'm saying so 
that's the rationale for not washing a chicken. But I know you can't change culture's mind when culture is really ingrained. <laughs> Most people listening to this, if they do or not, are still going to wash their chicken and just wash your sink after then. Right. 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 And that's okay. You learn something new every day, right? That's, that's right. right. We learn a lot of things new every day that we don't listen to, too. Well, Julie, this was amazing. This was a plum pleasing pleasure. <laughs> fantastic. Well, likewise. And I hope you have a beautiful, fantastic day, as I know you will. And I look forward to hearing about your vegan diet and your your mostly cooking at home because you went shopping tomorrow. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> so, um, I wish you all love, peace, wealth, and truth always. Julie, be kind to yourself, okay? Okay, you too. Take it easy. All right, peace. Bye.